Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Dr. Frank Benedetto. If you are familiar with or a part of the Clinical Athlete Community or Level Up Initiative, I'm sure you have heard of Frank and his amazing work. But if not, here's a little bit about Dr. Benedetto. Frank is a physical therapist who is dual certified as an orthopedic and sports clinical specialist and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist under the National Strength and Conditioning Association. In addition to his clinical expertise as a physical therapist, Frank is the founder of the Honey Badger Project, an online business platform that helps healthcare entrepreneurs build and grow mission-driven businesses. He is also the founder of Counter-Strike Performance, specializing in the treatment of combat athletes. I'm very excited and grateful to have him on the show today. So without further ado, let's get started. All right. Um, so, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So today we have a very special guest, Dr. Frank Benedetto. Frank is a dual certified board specialist in orthopedics and sports. So first and foremost, he is a physical therapist with a wealth of clinical expertise. Um, and in addition to that, he is also the founder of the Honey Badger Project and Counter-Strike Performance. Um, before the Honey Badger Project and Counter-Strike Performance, Frank was able to build and sell a million-dollar business, um, and we're very lucky to have him today and to have a little bit of a chat with him. Um, so before we move forward, I'm going to hand it off to uh, Frank so he can introduce himself and talk a little bit about his background. Thanks for having me, Zach. Really excited to uh, be here and talk to the new grad population, which I know is what you are mostly building this this for. And uh, yeah. Nobody I like speaking to more than new grads because it is on your shoulders to rebuild this profession. <laughs> this profession is broken and you will not be able to look to the generations ahead of you at large and model them. You will need to do this and rebuild on your own. So I'm grateful for young leaders like yourself who are helping to make that, that vision come true. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's really easy for, for people like myself to start off with the accolades and give you the highlight reel. But I think with social media, we have enough of that. And mm -hmm. you, know, you shared my highlights uh, or a few of them. But what I'd actually like to start off with is my failures list. And I'll go all the way back to high school, which is decades now for me. <laughs> and uh, I was told I wasn't smart enough to go to PT school. I wasn't cut out for it. It was even more competitive back then. Very small amount of schools had it. Uh, fast forward to undergrad. I ran for class president. I got a whopping 16 votes. The winner got a few thousand. <laughs> Horrifyingly embarrassing uh, yeah. thing there. Uh -huh. um, you know, in in uh, in graduate school during one of my residencies or during one of my internships, I should say, I had uh, a patient say, "I walk into the room and he's he just goes, no, 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 no." He didn't want to work with me. He said, oh, no. I said, why, Mr. So-and-so? And he says, you don't speak well. You, you mumble, you slur, you say things like dem and does. My dad was from the Bronx. I know he's <laughs> clearly. Fast forward to my business world. I launched two businesses at the same time. One took off. One in my hometown failed miserably, had to close it. Reopened it in an attempt to save it again. And our pure ego had to close it a second time. Launched five businesses, failed three of those first five. Kept going though. Uh, wanted to work with UFC fighters, put an application into for a remote position at the UFC. Never even got an email back. Mm -hmm. 
um, <laughs> I can keep going, but yeah. I think at the point that behind every person who actually has real success, some sort of real achievement, there is a laundry list of failure that you likely don't see. Mm-hmm. And I think as a culture today, we're getting more acceptable about sharing failure, yeah. but we still don't share it enough. Yeah. Because it's fun to talk about me selling a million dollar business. I would rather talk about that, but that doesn't really serve you well. Uh, it serves you better to hear how I launched and failed and kept going because likely you're going to have to go through something like that throughout all aspects of your career as an employee, uh, as a startup, as a clinician, you're going to take on your first unique case, let's say complicated ACL recovery and you're going to mm-hmm. screw it up, man. And it's yeah. going to hurt, but you're going to learn from that. And that's really the, the process that I love. And I want all of you to embrace is this fail forward mentality. Yeah. I think that's a very important, especially for people that are just starting their careers or very early in their careers. Um, that, you know, making mistakes is a big part of the process, but falling forward or that failing forward mentality is what you should have. And it's just part of the process entirely. Um, it's, it's not something that should be frowned upon or um, anything of that nature. And hopefully people have, you know, mentors that can help to guide them in that aspect. Um, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest aspects that um, I wanted to kind of talk about today was, you know, as new clinicians and as new grads coming out of physical therapy school or very recently coming out of physical therapy school, such as myself, um, you know, one big aspect is what the physical therapy profession can offer in its entirety um, at the absolute best and at its full potential. Um, And through school, you know, we're not really told about, um, you know, all of the things that we can do as physical therapists. It's very much, you know, you're going to go to a clinic, you're going to work for six to eight hours, and then you're going to go home and finish your notes, maybe do some research, and then we're going to repeat that cycle over and over. Um, Rather than, you know, doing things that you yourself have done, such as, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, business consulting, you know, you're working with a very niche population with combat athletes. um, And even that concept of, you know, how do you develop a niche or how do you develop that type of a business or type of a practice, you know, where you want to do that for the rest of your life isn't necessarily touched upon in like our education all too much. Um, So I was just wondering if you could talk about, you know, how you can change that mindset when you're a new grad or a new physical therapist um, about, you know, what physical therapy has to offer in its entirety, not just, um, you know, and, you know, going to an insurance-based clinic and working with 20, 25 patients a day and being exhausted. Um, Because I feel that's happening a lot, unfortunately. It's the norm. Um, norm, Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great question. It's something I'm really passionate about is helping clinicians reimagine their skill sets. And I think that's the, the lens, the, the short you know, answer to your question is that I want each of you to reimagine your skill sets. So you've learned a whole lot. When you yeah. come out of school, you can touch on you know, so many different things. But then because the society has paved a very traditional path for us, we sort of mindlessly just follow it. 
Mm-hmm. And to the point where I see people taking jobs that they knowingly go into knowing that like, this is going to suck, but they feel as though it is the next right step. They feel as though they need mentorship and big business has learned that young clinicians want mentorship. So they have set up these false pretenses to lure you in with mentorship and it, it doesn't work. And then what ends up happening is they keep you in long enough to the point where they convince you to play the game of the corporate ladder. Oh, if I just stay long enough, I'm going to make a hundred thousand because then I'll do this. And if I stay long enough, I'll be a regional manager. I'll do this. And then you'll end up having climbed a ladder that when you get to the top, you're going to look around and say, I don't even want to be here. And that's a really scary place to be in your thirties or forties or whatever that happens. So right now you as new grads have the opportunity to take a different path and it's going to be a scarier and uncertain path, but it's a different and more rewarding path. And I really encourage each of you to take this. Here's the key though. You need a niche to reverse engineer the repackaging of your skill sets. So if you just sit with a blank paper and say, how can I reimagine my skill sets? You're going to put something out into the world that may or may not be needed. Whereas when you identify the group of people that you feel like you may have been brought on this earth to serve or that you are extremely passionate about serving, or maybe you just want to dabble with and see if it's for you. Cause I know not everybody who's 25 years old knows exactly what they want to do with their life. Let's say you've always played tennis and you want to build out a tennis product. You can then sit down and now through that lens, go through an experiment and say, what are their problems? What are their aspirations? And now, reverse engineer how you can apply the skill sets and knowledge you know and have access to on how to solve them. And then through that process, you can come up with something remarkable that's not just going to a clinic and doing session after session after session. You know, mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? Is that Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, talking about how to develop that, that niche is, it's so important for anybody that wants to go out either on their own or just create like um, not necessarily a brand of themselves, but work with the people that they want to work with. Right. Um, you know, there, cause there, I, we talk about insurance based companies and how the model isn't, you know, that great, but um, there are clinics that do allow clinicians to essentially establish their own niche and work within that niche within that clinic, um, which is a great option for a lot of people. Um, especially for new grads that are just coming out um, that may not feel super confident going out on their own for any sort of reason. Um, but, you know, as somebody who has created a very unique niche in like with combat athletes such as yourself, um, just wanted to talk about kind of the, the process that you went through um, in developing or trying to work with that very unique population. Because, um, yeah. I mean, it is definitely, it's not just like a sports population or, a, you know, a baseball population. Combat athletes are very, very much a different population from anything else that uh, we, we typically see in the clinic. So if you could just, you know, I'm very curious about how you develop that niche just so, you know, we can possibly learn like some of the key steps that you took. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll give you the, the quick background is that my the brick and mortar chain, chain of clinics that I had built serviced high school and college athletes and their parents. Mm-hmm. That was that model. There, I happened to treat one of the best wrestlers in New Jersey. Okay. His name is Nick. And uh, Nick and I became very close over time and I would just see him out around locally 
And uh, one time I had been eating lunch at, on a street, uh, like a sidewalk type place where the tables are out on the sidewalk yeah. with one of the therapists that worked with me. And Nick walks by and he says, hey, Frank, what's going on, man? Nick, how you doing? He's like, oh, pretty good. My hip's a little tight. He's like, you've been doing your stuff, man? You've been doing it? Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, yeah, but I'll start doing it more. I was like, all right, you know, you know where to reach me. Yeah. The guy behind me says, hey, man, uh, I overheard you. You work on hips? I said, I sure do. And he says, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm always looking for ways to get my hips looser. I said, no problem. I could definitely help you with that. Why don't I take your number and then I'll reach out to you and we'll schedule a free console you come in and check this out and see see if it works for you he gives me his number text him later that day he comes in the following day mm-hmm. and he sits down and uh i know nothing about him at this point yeah and i say i say uh this is how i start off every in-person email back then all right before we get into this i like to get to know my clients tell me about yourself he says all right i'm top 10 15 top 15 ranked ufc fighter in the bantamweight division and I was like, holy shit, did that just happen? Did that really just happen? <laughs> and uh, long story short, I took him on. He loved working with me. And we went from more of a rehab, you know, corrective type relationship to a performance relationship. And little by little, more and more of his teammates started to come over and get managed by me. So this is okay. about 2015 or 2016. And then as I phased out of treatment, I loved working with these five guys. There's all there was, was five people. And these five fighters became what I looked forward to most clinically. I loved Mm -hmm. business. I loved working with them. So then when I sold that business, it's like graduating from college all over again. So I feel like how you feel right now. You're taking your boards this week, and now you can do whatever the hell you want. You literally could move to Hawaii next week. Mm -hmm. You could work with golfers. You could take a subacute job. You could work online. You could do anything. And that's a crazy reality when you're in your 30s. That's like, you know, so I was really almost like it was an intimidating thing where I was unsure of what I wanted to do. I was like, wow, I can't believe I have this opportunity to reinvent. And the only thing I can imagine myself doing clinically was working with fighters because of those five guys. So now I needed to turn those five human beings, those relationships into like a full fledged scalable business. And that's where it became daunting. Um, Mm. So, but the one lesson here is that that might sound like it's luck, but I'm a huge believer that luck is truly preparation, meeting opportunity. Mm -hmm. And had I not said short, you know, like short thing, what's your number, which is a marketing tactic. Yeah. Staying in control of the relationship. So as soon as somebody expresses interest to you, you have to stay in control of that for their benefit because Mm -hmm. His life is better because I I involved myself in it. Whereas yeah. if I had given him a business card, what do you think the odds are that he would have ever come back? Very Absolutely little. None. None. Absolutely not. So that's why I stayed in control of it. So for many of you, you're like, oh, this is just you know centered up at this moment. See, I can't get to my niche. No, you're not taking the action to get in front of your niche, or you're not like preparing your environment to be able to enter the ecosystem that your niche exists. Yeah. Uh, so a little less, you know, that, that's more of like the bigger picture there. Mm-hmm. What I t- advise people looking for their niche is to look for three things. Communities you've already been a part of and that you love being a part of. That, that is absolutely the best way to go. So if you are already a golfer or a tennis player or whatever identity, that's the best way to go. Or you could go my route, which was I'm not a combat athlete. I don't pretend to be one. 
but I became an expert in managing combat athletes just off of these few interactions. So you do not need to have treated a PGA player to be a golf specialist. You yeah. just have to have like a couple of experiences to know like, wow, I really enjoyed working with swing mechanics mm -hmm. and you know, the interplay between the human body and golfing performance to, to then fully commit. And then the third is to not be afraid to dream big. So if you have no inter previous interaction and no involvement, and let's say you like fighting, you need you. That's okay. You just have to accept that the time frame and your ability to build out that niche is gonna be a little longer. So if you need money right now, that might yeah. not be the best way to start. But that doesn't mean you can't build yourself up to that. You need to do the first two things. You need to get involved with those communities, figure out where mm -hmm. they are, and then start treating a couple of them so that you can get that experience wrapped under you. But those are those are the three ways to find your niche. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's great advice for anybody. Um, who wants to really work with a specific population is very passionate about a specific population. And like you said, you know, that doesn't come off automatically for people. Sometimes they have to go, go and find it. Um, but that's just, again, it's all part of the process. I think, um, yeah. especially for new grads like myself who, you know, our clinical experience is limited to our clinical rotations in school. Um, where we don't necessarily have too much control of, um, the populations that we see. Um, but I think, you know, that advice of, you know, getting really integrated into, into that community. So, you know, you obviously started, you literally started with one guy that turned around in a chair and asked if you could work on his hips a little bit. And then that blossomed into, you know, a really good relationship with a whole team of combat athletes. Um, and now but, we're an international company. So now yeah. we're in South Africa, Kuwait, Jordan, wow. Canada. We've had athletes in Scotland, UK, um, Philippines, and I feel like there's one more that I'm forgetting, but all <laughs> that from one person. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's incredibly, I mean, not only impressive, but like just looking at that process of, um, you know, the steps that you took is very helpful for anybody looking to start that type of niche. Um, so I think we only have a, a few minutes left. Um, I'm correct, yeah. Um, so- We could go about 10 more. 10 more, okay. Yeah. Um, so before I, you know, before we leave, I really wanted to talk to you about your newest project, the Honey Badger Project. Because um, we're talking about establishing a niche and all the steps you, you know, good steps you have to take and you know, the, the steps it takes to become somewhat of an entrepreneur and your honey badger project and the, the mentorship that you provide through that is, I mean, one of the best that I've seen out there that can facilitate that, especially for someone like me. Um, I'll, like, I'll be completely honest, like coming out of PT school, I don't have any type of business background, marketing, financial background whatsoever. Um, and you know, you need that to be able to run a business, um, or to, you know, get into that type of niche and to help to grow that. Um, and that's not the only thing you do, obviously through the honey badger project, but, you know, I wanted to take this time to, you know, let you talk about your, your amazing project here and, you know, what it offers. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. And so this is all rooted in, I used to think I wanted a business that was going to help a billion people. Mm -hmm. So I was audacious enough to think that I could create some sort of healthcare product that would have the 
equivalent impact is Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> then I started to get the doses of reality coming in where while that may be possible, it's not really in line with my, what I call life design. It's not in line with what I personally can do or want to bring to the world. Instead, what I started to play with, and I'm actually still playing with the numbers right now, mm -hmm. is how can I reach a billion people helped indirectly? So yeah. if I help you know, 100,000 health and fitness professionals in the course of my career get into business in a mission-driven way, in a way that their business really serves to change the world and provides for themselves in the process, can we reach a billion people? You know, so what, what, what size business do I have to get people to, to reach? And then how many of those do I need to inspire to create to help a billion people? Because the only way we're going to overthrow the broken, outdated, current healthcare system that's dominating physical therapy and all other health areas is to have huge amounts of small individual businesses pop up. It's not going to be another big business going toe-to-toe -to -toe with mills. It's yeah. not going to be a big business toe-to-toe -to -toe with insurance companies. It is thousands of clinicians saying, screw you, health insurance companies, mm -hmm. and building unique, very, very effective businesses that people are willing to spend money on because the outcome is amazing. And yeah. the reason why many PTs fail in business, twofold. One, they think that they have the right to go into business just because they finished their credential. I always ask people, how long did you spend learning PT years. How mm -hmm. many mentors do you have clinically? Half a dozen. Yeah. How many years have you learned business? Zero yeah. or mm -hmm. several months. How many business mentors do you have? Zero. Yeah. What, what do you <laughs> expect is going to happen here? So there's a real need for business mentorship that's in line with mission oriented businesses. Too many of the other business coaches out there, uh, they're just so narrowly focused on sales or so narrowly focused on charging high prices for sessions. And they falsely create this dichotomy of insurance versus cash. Yeah. And what I want you to make a mindset shift right now is cash is not an actual category of a business. When you think of restaurants, is there like, is, do you think of restaurants as a cash based business? No, yeah. you'd say to your friends or your partner, like, Hey, do you want Mexican or do you want Chinese today? Mm -hmm. that's what that's what PT has to evolve to in that you are no longer identified just as either insurance or cash you're identified like I'm identified as the expert for combat athletes or the expert for tennis players or the experts for postpartum moms or the experts for this and now you will exit the conversation involving the competition yeah. which means that you're no longer compared to the person getting $20 a session in a copay because that stuff is garbage, nonsense, outdated, and it's not serving client at all. Yeah. So uh, all of that long-winded answer for, I wanted to do something about it. And I've always had one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, but that's a higher price point. And mm -hmm. I realized that the way to inspire new grads, uh, especially to just get into business, like there is never a better time than right now to take a calculated risk because business is hard and you need to get reps and practice in well before there's financial pressure to, to succeed at a high level. So if you take a reasonable full-time job and start a side business, you are going to get the reps in learning how to, let's say, do email campaigns, how to create a package, how to even bill people. That's a yeah. skill, like to set mm -hmm. up PayPal or Stripe. The first time you do it, you're going to be like, holy shit, what do I do? <laughs> and then three weeks later, you'll be like, oh, okay, I know how to do this. 
Yeah. There's like dozens of things like that that you uh-huh. want to experiment with while it's safe, not yeah. while you have a family to provide for, mm-hmm. not while you are being crushed under student loans, uh, you know, and a house and a car payment, all these other things. So right now is the time to safely start a side business. And in that situation, most people can't afford much business coaching, especially high price business coaching. So I created a model that's like literally it's all it takes is one client a month and it pays for itself. It's that cheap. Um, yeah. And it's a combination of online courses, mm-hmm. monthly live trainings in a large group setting and access to a community of like-minded clinicians who are all moving towards the same vision of a mission driven business that also provides for their lives. That's yeah. the honey badger project in a nutshell. Yeah. And I mean, anybody who is, you know, if you go on to your Instagram page, you know, you have see plenty of testimonials from um, people who are doing great things. Um, like just to touch on, like, I guess two of the bigger ones are um, we talk about like the clinical athlete community at the level up initiative. Um, you know, you were part of that in terms of, you know, helping um, build those up a little bit and you don't know, believe me, it's on your Instagram page. Um, with testimonials from, you know, the respective founders of those organizations. So it just speaks to the fact of, um, you know, how valuable of a program it can be. And obviously, you know, the more you put into it, the better, but um, it just speaks again to the value that you bring to all of us, you know, new grads, experienced clinicians throughout the spectrum, just people that want to change what physical therapy is and want to bring out, the absolute best of the profession. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my goal is to become the business coach to the best clinicians out there. And because yeah. uh, there's other business coaches you could go to to just straight learn sales, to just yeah. straight learn marketing. And I wanted to take the person like me, I'm double board certified with my CFCS, I have TPI1, I have mm-hmm. all these other little credentials that just ex- were a reflection of my dedication to clinical study. And yeah. I did six years of that stuff before going into business. I wanted to become the business coach to the person who was like me, who was mm-hmm. fully invested into the clinical side of things. But unlike me, get them into business alongside their clinical journey. Because I see too many people say, let me just get my OCS. Let me just get my next credential. Let me just get a couple years of experience. And I really truly believe everybody who has this in their future needs to start now. And if yeah. they just have five clients that they're rolling with, they will learn things like how to onboard people. They will learn sales and marketing. They will learn all of these things that then when it's time to put the fuel to the fire and jump in the deep end, they will have dabbled in all the skill sets that really are required for business to succeed. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important point of just, you know, just getting started with something, not waiting and waiting and waiting because you know, that stuff comes up in life, especially as you move forward. Um, yeah. Um, so we're going to end in a minute or two. Um, so I just wanted to take the time to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, I loved having this chat with you. I learned a lot from it. Um, I hope everybody listening to this right now has learned a lot from it as well. Um, so where can people find you and contact you? Yeah, thanks again for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I'll, if you ever want me back on, we could go deeper into any topic you want to go into. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I do have two special offers for your community and your listeners. 
One is uh, the very first step in coaching with me is creating your life design. And I feel that too many young professionals set goals, like I'm going to make X amount of money or I'm going to earn this credential. And those are good. They don't have to go away. Yeah. Absent of more meaningful life experiences, those are shallow. And I can tell you that some of my own failures are rooted in when I sold for a million dollar business, I wasn't actually much happier when that was over. In fact, I was actually more lost. Now, granted, luckily I turned that into a great path, but had I just been rooted in how much money do I have? Emptiness. Rooted in becoming extremely credentialed, have it, emptiness. What actually matters is designing your life. And what that means is like, how you want your day-to-day to run and being in total control of that. I am in total control of every minute of my day and that is the greatest accomplishment I have. Not money, not anything else. It is that I wake up when I want to wake up, which is early because I'm disciplined, but mm-hmm. I work early. I stop work a little earlier than most people. I see my kids a lot more than I, than I ever did in my previous job. And you could have that too at any age, regardless of how much money you have or want to make, you have to design your life though. So for listeners here, I'm going to give you my life design worksheet, which is like a multi-page document that helps you go through this with some prompts. So exactly what you want your life to look like in the next three years. And that's yeah. like your daily schedule, your vacation flow, what unique experiences you want to have with your friend or partner, family, what uh, business or clinical experiences you want to have. And now you take that life design, you reverse engineer your business. So if you create a life design that wants to travel a lot, but you create a clinic that needs to be opened nights and weekends, yeah, you have two things that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I went fully digital because I wanted the, the freedom of, of mobility and travel and things like that. Now it happened to work out because of COVID, but I was mm-hmm. digital here before all of that even hit. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the link for the life design and it'll be in the the bio or the description of this pick or anywhere else Zach chooses to put it, you could grab that for free. The second is I'm going to offer any listeners to this podcast, uh, our June promotion for the honey badger project, which is entering our, our, uh, the group courses, the, uh, the live training and the, the community for $197 a month for the first three months. And I challenge you to find any business coaching on that level as extensive as mine. Uh, and everything is action oriented. There's no fluff. There's no bullshit. And, yeah. uh, you know, so if you want that offer, uh, you do have to DM me cause that link is not available on the internet anymore, but mm-hmm. you DM me that you listen to the next gen PT podcast and I will respond back with that link uh, just for you. And that will expire by the end of the summer. So I'll leave that option open for listeners through August 31st. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Follow me, uh, Frank underscore Benedetto on Instagram is the best way. And then shoot me a DM and say hello. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, thank you for those two things for um, our viewers and everything. Um, and thanks again for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Hope everybody enjoyed that episode with Dr. Frank Benedetto. Again, he is absolutely one of the best at what he does. So please go over to his Instagram or social media and give him a follow. You will not regret it. And make sure to take him up on his special offer. Again, that ends August 31st. So if you want to be involved in the Honey Badger Project or at least somewhat interested in it, please make sure to contact Frank and uh, learn more about it.